Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. All right, all right, really, I really have a very short period of time. I have a lot of interviews. This is going to be a packed show. Um, actually, I can't really get too much into anything as far as the Oscars. All I can say is that I predicted it um, with Moonlight and Zootopia winning. So uh, that's basically all I, all I can say. I know I can go one other thing right quick because it's very quick. Um, uh, what happened with the in Texas as far as the transgender um, boy uh, winning the girls wrestling uh, championship. I mean, I guess I kind of quote that State Farm commercial. Well, he's a guy. So anyway, I got to go straight into the interviews. First interview is going to be with someone that I'm that is a political hero of mine. Um, his name's Andrew Wilkow. He goes on. He's on uh, Sirius XM, and and he's going to be the first interview and I'm going to start there and it's going to be for the next 45 minutes. So um, I hope you hope you enjoy it all. And um, here we go. Hello, this is Politics.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe here at CPAC. And, and for me personally, I'm meeting one of the one of my political heroes, because if it wasn't for this guy, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, Andrew Wilkow with the Wilkow Majority. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm doing quite well. So, this is not my first CPAC. I know this is not yours, but how many CPACs have you been to? You know, oddly, and I would admit, I, I never uh, thought uh, to come here when I first started. I know that sounds really counterintuitive. So, this is only my third CPAC. We, we, we decided a few years ago that, like, hey, 
maybe we should start going to CPAC. So this is only my third. I know that sounds ridiculous, but yeah, number three for me. Now, like I said in the beginning, I, I, I know personally because I've been listening to you for a long time, so I, I, I remember hearing that. And so I actually remember when you said you was coming, and I'm like, man, now I want to go even more. So now, um, as far as the atmosphere here compared to last year, it's definitely different given the fact that they could elected Donald Trump. So how do you describe the atmosphere now? Well, there's a lot less media, which is odd, um, and there's a lot less politicians. I mean, there there are politicians here. You know, we got to talk to Governor Sam Brownback, Governor Matt Bevin, um, but this is not this is not like a cavalcade of senators and congressmen this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's because uh, the election season is over. Or some of them may not be, you know, that happy about the outcome of the election. I don't know, but you know, and I and I can't be the one to tell you about the trends. This is only my third time here, but from you know, two, last year, two years ago, there were way more politicians and there was way more media. Yeah, you know, we mentioned trends because I I host a little podcast called Trend Chat, so I, I try to look up on, on trends. But I, I know I know from last year it was definitely uh, cautiously optimistic. Given you know with the election coming up, people was kind of kind of holding back. They was kind of happy, but they were like just wondering what was going to happen later on in the year. But um, I guess people seemed a little more, uh, well, a lot more celebratory as far as just because knowing that they have at least a Republican in the White House. Well, it's funny. I, I don't I don't endorse uh, during primaries, presidential primaries. But what's funny is that I, I've heard more than one person say it. You know, given all the. Make America Great Again hats that you're seeing here, you know, lots of them, that there, there have been some voices saying, let's remind some of these people what they themselves were saying two years ago when Trump made his first appearance. It's kind of funny that so many people want you to forget that they may have been totally anti-Trump, <laughs> that they were probably, uh, you know, for, for Jeb or someone more establishment. Um, it, it's kind of funny that all that anti-never-Trump stuff is gone, and almost everything is an ocean of Make America Great Again hats. Well, I know a lot of people just feel like they have to, I guess, basically just fall in line because they know who, who's in the office for the next four years. You know, this, this CPAC in the past two years really, and you got to remember, Rand Paul won the straw poll, that the, the sort of anti-establishment mood the libertarian influence, the throw them all out uh, mentality, the we've had enough of some of these establishment names, that's really kind of taken over here. That, you know, it, it's sort of been enough is enough with the establishment. And if you're seeing a few less politicians here, that's probably one of the reasons why. Now, like I said before, I definitely have been listening to your show personally, and I, I, I'm pretty much, I know the answer to this, but I want, I want my listeners to hear what does the word conservative mean to you? Well, I always say if you don't like the word conservative, try preservative. That that it's not you know you, more people who are I guess progressives know what they know about conservatives from other progressives. So when I when I think of conservatism or what it means to be a conservative, it means to you know kind of adhere to what works. That when you look at the the Constitution, that the the purposeful. The purpose of dividing government, of not allowing you know any one person or entity within government to rule 
without question that you not only divide the federal government, you divide the government between the states and, 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 and the federal government that each has a role to play and we should force them to stay within the boundaries of that role. I think that preserves the intent of a, of a, of a free people. Um, you know, some think that it, you know it's, it's it's on and on and on about social issues, or on and on and on about you know, socioeconomic issues and income inequality. That somehow conservatives want to always preserve the status quo. Most conservatives, when they look at a problem, look at the the, the means to an end differently than a, than a liberal or a democrat. So, right now, if we're gonna, we all agree that low-income children need a better shot and a better education. I think the conservative would look at, at say, well, what works? Well, we've tried the public education model, the top-down monopolized public education model for over 100 years. It's clearly not working. The Democrats would say, well, we need more federal funding. So we are looking for what works, and then once it works, we want to preserve it. So we know competition makes things better, so most conservatives want to see a competitive environment in education. That's what I think it means to be a conservative. Okay. Well, I want to say personally, you know, thank you. Thank you, personally, you know, for all that you've done. The, you're a big influence for me. For me. Well, thank, well, thank listen you. to your show. I, I listen to your show all the time. Look, I, the, truth, the truth is, if you, can, if you can inspire somebody else to pick up a microphone or start a blog or a podcast, that's an honor. Because it means you've actually reached somebody who now feels as passionate about the same things as you do and wants to carry it forward in their own way. Actually, well, one other question. Uh, what, um, what advice do you give for me as far as just doing this podcast, just just being an active voice? You know, you, you, I, 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 I hate to be cliche. It's, it's, I love research. I love, I love looking, you know, when we're talking about a bill, like, for example, with the Trump um, executive orders, I went and read the whole of the Immigration Nationality Act of 1952. I'm not, I'm not waiting for the media to give me the Cliff's Notes versions. I, I now have a working knowledge from reading the bill, and when I go on the air and say, of course this is within the power of the presidency. Why? Because the Congress in 1952 made it a, a function of the presidency. This is not an argument we're having. This is a political decision. I think when you dedicate the time to actually doing the research, I think it makes everything you do better. Well, that's great advice, and you know, um, we actually shared the, well a movie <laughs> together. Yeah, Alex uh, very, Three, Alex Shaw Three. Yes, I was in that. Uh, have very short clip, and Andrew was in there as well. And um, oddly, I played a newscaster. That was that was <laughs> that was kind of weird for me. I'm not a newscaster, but I played a newscaster. Yeah. So I mean, I, I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate your time. And thank you very much. All right. All right. <laughs> And that was uh, Andrew Wilkow, and um, like I said, that was a, for me that was a kind of a personal highlight. And I'm um, gonna go right into the next one. Like I said, got got a lot more interviews. Um, actually, uh, the next guest or someone that um, that I guess fill in for Andrew from time to time on Sirius XM Patriot, um, Tom and Deneen Borelli, and if good friends of mine. I'm I'm glad for what they have um, been able to do for me as far as encouraging and. Um, just being all around good people, and um, uh, here's my interview with them. All right. Hi, this is Politics.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe here at CPAC. Uh, we have Tom and Deneen Borelli from, well, I guess it would be Fox News, Conservative Review. I guess it would be Fox. I mean, y'all have so many credentials, so I'll let y'all both it's, say it. It's hard for us to keep up as well, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm confused. Freedom, freedom fighters. <laughs> all right, yeah. So, um... 
So I know this is not your first CPAC. So how many CPACs have y'all been to? I actually lost count, to tell you the truth, because uh, we, we try to come every year. It's a great event. It's always great to see uh, the same faces. It's like, it's like a little family reunion. Okay. Yeah. And, and Tom, so how, how, well, I, I've been coming uh, on and off for, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years, because when I used to work for a big company, I used to come representing a company. Then there was a pause. Now we're come. Now we're back as political conservative activists. So, um, I guess the, the atmosphere here is. I, would, I guess we'll say it would be different than it was last year. So, how you would describe it um, you know, from last year to this year? I think it's a really great crowd. I don't know what their actual headcount is, but it's a lot of people. People appear to be very excited, engaged, and just happy to be here. Uh, a lot of people have come up to me and uh, just shake my hand. We're taking photos. I mean, people are really excited and upbeat. They're excited about the the message. We have President Trump who's coming today. Uh, so the the, the breadth of speakers is really, I, I think, off the charts. I think it's just a great event. Yeah, and, and last year, remember, it was during the time when all the Republicans were fighting each other. So it was like, who's going to be the Republican nominee? Oh my God, Hillary Clinton's going to win. I know, who's going to be the, is, is Trump really serious? Is he really going to run? Is, is run serious? Is he going to be able to win? So now it's about rallying around the, really the issues that Trump is driving, which is, you know, more jobs, less regulations, and a great energy policy. Now, both of you are on conservative review, and a question I've been asking everyone is just, what does the word conservative mean to you? Well, from the panel I was on yesterday, it's about individual, not government. And one of the things that uh, uh, one of the panels talked about is our individual liberties and our rights and the importance of uh, uh, protecting those rights uh, because it's about people being able to do whatever they want as long as they're not harming anyone else. And so that's how I see it. More liberty, less government. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, the name you spoke um, yesterday. So, yesterday um, so, morning, yeah. so, what do you speak on? I did a summary of the panel uh, that that uh, spoke. There were four people that talked yesterday, and it was uh, conservatism, where we are, where we're going, and I gave a summary of what the uh, speakers talked about. And uh, the, the crowd was really engaging, uh, very involved. And again, one laid out the history of conservatism, the other talked about what we need to do to preserve it, and also what we are facing today when it comes uh, to progressives and how they're trying to infiltrate our movement. So that's basically what the panel was about. Okay. And Tom, did you, did you have any, any uh, speaking, I guess? I'm speaking tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow, uh, I think, 11.15, we're talking about uh, the politically correct culture, and my little assignment is talking about the politically correct CEOs, the, the CEOs who are progressives and, and those who are bullied from uh, really pursuing con- conservative uh, policies. Okay. I um, also, uh, something I ask, especially amongst black conservatives in, in, in particular, is that uh, what would you tell the, uh, someone who... It's not not saying they want to become a conservative, but it's just questioning progressive ideology, and they want to they want to speak out, but they're afraid of being ostracized. I mean, what what your words of encouragement would be to them? Well, they should talk to you. <laughs> 
But no, no, and I, I mean that seriously. Uh, you've come a long way, and we're really proud of what you're doing. We know you're a hard worker, and we know that you love country and that everything that you're doing, because we've seen you at different events. We know you are playing your role, and we know that you're working hard, and we thank you for that. But I would say to those who are on the fence or who are afraid uh, to stand up, because sadly, in a lot of cases, people don't get involved until they are directly affected by something. Obamacare is one example. So if you're looking at what's going on in the news, think about how it's going to affect you and your family. Forget about the labels. Does this help you well, or hurt you? I, I don't want to, I want, to, want to cut you off, but don't forget, don't worry about the backlash. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> well, uh, well, if anyone don't know, what your book is named Black Blacklash. How Obama and the Left are Driving Americans to the Government Plantation. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, that was um Tom and Denise Borelli. Um, really, that was a it, it was um fun catching up with them. And um, and uh, right now I guess we're gonna move straight straight to uh, uh I guess my interview with the Black Conservative Foundation. Talked to um two members there. Um, uh, the founder being uh his name is Deontay Johnson and Marv Allen. Well, so here's my interview with them. Hi, this is Brian Blesso for Politichicks.com here at CPAC. Uh, we have the Black Conservative Federation, and we have... I'm Deontay Johnson, founder and president of the Black Conservative Federation. Marv Allen, vice president of the Black Conservative Federation. And um, is this your first CPAC, or how many CPACs have you been to? Um, I was here for one event last year, but other than that, this is my first event. This is my first event, CPAC. So what do you think about it, all Oh, I'm loving it. I um, definitely think that a lot of people are a lot happier than the past two packs. So we actually have someone in office to change things. And, you know, Trump came in here today. Didn't really speak a conservative message, but people still loved it. So I think you can, you're seeing that populism is taking over the party, which is good. You know, we need to moderate views and um, conservative views. Um, I think uh, once the president came, um, it brought so much unity. There was unity throughout the room. Everyone was excited. Everyone was ready for what the president has to do. Everyone's excited with the president because, you know, since he's been in office, he's one of the few politicians that's actually done what he said he was going to do. So what do you think of his, uh, his speech overall? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it's typical Donald Trump, you know. He speaks on the script and goes off of it and speaks his mind, you know. And I feel like the energy in the room was really uh, essential, and people really did unite, like they said, because this is a faction party, if you think it uh, or not, because we have to bring people together each four years to win an election. Something like that. Um, I think his speech was great. Um, he's a very smart man. Um, you can notice the difference between his rally speeches and then a speech yeah, yeah. as in this um, format because we're all focused on policy here. We're all focused on deep politics of what's going on in our country. And so um, he really related to that when he started mentioning about Obamacare, TPP, and really getting in depth with those things because he knew that we all policy here and we really want to know um, the meat of the uh, of his administration. So he did a great job with that. Okay. And... um. Well, given that we're here at CPAC, uh, the question I've been asking everyone is that, so what does the word conservative mean to you? 
So conservative means um, economic stability, you know, educational reform, bringing school choice back into the system because a lot of people don't have the necessary um, ability to receive a proper education. So we also need help with that. But also it's about individualism, you know, um, looking, not only looking out for yourself, um, but for your community and your people. And that's the American people. We have black, we have white, we have purple, yellow. But at the end of the day, we're all Americans. Um, conservatism to me means... Um Quality, justice for all, and uh, prosperity. Uh, I believe conservatism um, drives upon that, and that's what we plan to create through the conservative movement. Okay, so with the Black Conservative Federation, so basically, what's um, I guess the mission statement and everything that you look to accomplish with uh, with this organization? Um, our mission statement is uh, we our goal is to elevate the black conservative movement. Our mission statement is to reach those individuals by providing economic stability, educational support, and community involvement. Yeah, that's pretty much our mission statement, and we want to bring everyone together, um, all for one, one for all, because, uh, like I said, we are uh, have one identity, and that's American identity, and we need to start focusing on that, and not what actually divides us, because, you know, there is still systematic racism in our country, but, you know, we got to work with the other communities to get rid of that, and I think we will. Now, um, I wasn't here for um, the panel that uh, about... I guess it was with um, Wayne Dupree and Sonny Johnson, and kind of talking in, in those. Um, I guess on, on. I get the subject, but were any of you at that? I wasn't either. Okay, well we can just skip that part. <laughs> but um, if um, I guess being black conservatives, I definitely deal with a lot of, uh, I guess name calling um, and everything that that goes with it, the scorn. And so, what would you, what would you say to the person that? Maybe they're not even thinking about becoming a conservative or whether libertarian or whatnot. They're just questioning progressive ideology that's going on in their neighborhood. What would you What would you tell them as some form of encouragement to, in case they're you know apprehensive as far as speaking out? I tell them to do their research. Uh, the biggest thing that you can do is find out for yourself. Uh, people can tell you to be conservative all you want, all they want. People can tell you to be liberal all, all you want. Um, but the thing about it is you have to do your research and get an understanding from yourself because once you become those things, you have to be able to then defend why you're that. And so the best way to do that is do your research. And I guarantee you once they do the research, they will um, immediately become conservative. And after they realize that the conservative movement is the party of civil rights, they're the party uh, for justice, they're the party for equality. And so I think um, the biggest thing is doing your research. And once you do the research, you're going to follow. Yeah, like you said, we need to start educating the other side because a lot of, like as myself, I thought I was a Democrat because I was black, um, but that's not the case. I do respect fiscal conservatism. I want a strong military, and I want um, national security and border security. And at the end of the day, um, Democrats do provide a lot of good things for people, but it's costly, and it's going to make us even more tax burden. This is how we got into $19.8 trillion of debt. You know, there's other ways to help communities other than just giving out stuff. It's about giving out opportunities, you know, not results, because we have to start focusing on um, equal equality and justice, but equal opportunity. You know, not everyone... Um, yeah. So, um, so you have anything coming up? 
Um, no, we just um, we, um, ask that everyone visit our page at www.blackconservativefederation.com. Our Facebook page, you can key in Black Conservative Federation. Um, our Twitter, um, at BCF Official underscore. Same as for Instagram, at BCF underscore, uh, Official underscore. Follow us. Um, if you want to get involved, um, get on our website. Send us a message. Send us a message on Facebook. Contact. We have a contact form on our website that you can contact. We would love to have you involved and get involved in the uh, black conservative movement. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've been meeting a lot of black conservatives over the um, past two days and also other conservatives, and they really do want to support us, and I think we're going to get um, a lot of um, not only funding but um, help when it comes to going to these inner cities because it's not, it's not going to be an easy job by any means. Um, but we definitely need some training. Um, and we did meet with the Blacks for Trump today, and we're going to sit down with them and start working on a project you know, to really um, educate the communities that conservatism is um, better than liberalism, if you think about it, um, because you want the ability to rise up in uh, economic levels. And with um, liberalism, they kind of put you in one spot, and you stay in that one spot, because they keep giving you, giving you, giving you without thinking, hey, I want to do something for myself. I don't want to be hand- uh, giving, uh, ha- uh, receiving handouts. We need to work for our own people. Um, the American people, not just um, color people. Um, and it's really sad to see that people are starting to segregate back into their communities after Martin Luther King wanted us to integrate. He wanted to have a dream where white people and black people wanted to sit at the same table, go to the same restaurants, go to the same bathrooms. And now we see a lot of people like the Black Lives Matter movement trying to, you know, have this black empowerment movement that Malcolm X um, promoted. And we saw the rivalry between Malcolm X and MLK, I think that's going to come back between black conservatives and black progressives, and it's going to be interesting, but I think we will win the battle on logical, or sorry, on logistics and reasoning, because um, we are, I might say we're more intelligent, but we do have more um, based arguments, not on emotional pill. Gentlemen, thank you for the time. Thank you. Yeah, and um, really appreciate them for their time, and uh, maybe down the road, uh, we'll probably be doing something together or in something in Texas. So, um, next up is some um, someone who is also with Politichicks.com. Um, she was there as well to uh, promote a book that she has, a children's book. And um, I actually a little messed up as far as saying that it was a coloring book, but it's just a a regular children's book, and uh, her name is Susan Swift, and um, here's the main interview with her. And hello, this is Politichicks.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe, and I am here with a fellow Politichick, Susan Swift. Hi! (laughs) And um, we're both here at CPAC, um, uh, we're covering the event. And but I am talking with Susan in particular about her uh, new, I guess you call children's coloring book. It, no, it's a children's storybook. It's called Good Guys with Guns at Home. It's the first in a series. I'm going to have three books. The first one is Good Guys with Guns at Home, and that's a book for young children about everyday heroes who use guns to protect Americans at home. So it's essentially about the police, and it's trying to counter what we're seeing in our culture, which is you know Black Lives Matter and the Soros gangs and everything, trying to basically have us 
uh, not respect the law and also not respect those who enforce the law. And I think it's very important that we recognize the police officers that, who are there, every creed and every color, and they protect us from the bad guys. What stops a bad guy with a gun? A good guy with a gun. <laughs> and so this is what that book's about. The other two in the series are Good Guys with Guns Abroad, and that's going to be about our military who serve our Americans overseas, and then Good Guys with Guns in American History, and that'll start with, uh, you know, uh, our President George Washington and on down from there. So, um, how did, um, uh, I guess how did this idea come about for you to, to I'll do? tell you. Well, I, this is at my, my children's preschool, and it was a kind of a Christmas pageant where parents get to come and see their kids and, you know, do something, you know, make cookies or whatever with the kids. And a police officer was a parent, and he came uh, by after he was off duty, and he has a canine unit, and he's in full-dress uniform with his sidearm, and he comes on in the, the classroom. Just He gets there a little late, stands in the back. A liberal mom is totally triggered and starts freaking out that there is a... Uh, a police officer with a gun in the classroom and she starts freaking out. Everybody there tells him, no, no, it's okay, it's, it's the dad, it's okay. His wife is even there saying, no, it's my husband, It's we're, we're here for the pageant. The preschool teacher, everybody knows that this guy is the father of the child and he's not coming to arrest anybody or anything like that. That didn't matter to this liberal mom. She was still saying, he shouldn't be in the classroom because he's got a gun. There should not be a gun. And so this police officer finally just said, you know, I just got to go out of here. So he left the classroom. She didn't even leave it at that. She ended up contacting the captain and insisting that he couldn't come and pick up his daughter, couldn't come within the school. And so she made it so toxic for him that they finally just decided to leave the school. And I said, we got, you know, first you get mad, but then you say, you know, I got to have a little bit of fun with this. And so that's where the idea for the book was born. And it was, you know, we got to start educating the snowflake babies, you know, these little preschoolers, so that they can start, you know, really realizing that officers, police officers, the men and women, the, the thin blue line, that's the only thing that, that protects us from the bad guys and that enforces our laws. So um, um, you said this was your first, this is your first CPAC? This is my very first CPAC, yes. So what do you think about everything? Oh, it's amazing. It's so exciting. And there's so much activity. And, and to, to hear Donald Trump speak, the room was electric. It was filled to capacity. Uh, and, the, and the people were chanting, you know, USA, USA. And it was just, it was like, like the campaign all over again. He's campaigning again to the American people to advance his presidency now. It, he's, he's getting the people to try to back him because he needs it desperately since the media is against him and the Democrats are against him and the establishment is against him. So, um, so, so I'm guessing you definitely like the speech. I mean, anything in particular that, that stands out? Um, I, I, there, were, there were elements of the kind of the nationalistic kind of tone, which is, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about. Uh, I, yes, I'm very pro-American, but I, I'm a little bit worried about the idea of trade sanctions and things like that. He didn't really touch on that much in the in the speech, but I, I really did like the, the sentiment and the feel of the excitement in the room. I did really appreciate when he said that we were going to be getting, you know, the, the drug guys and the criminal aliens the hell out of our country. I, I loved that. People cheered that. And another line that resonated with me was, when they said they will, they will make sure that they're going to destroy, they're going to obliterate 
They're going to obliterate ISIS, and we're going to make sure that Islamic terrorism gets the hell out of our country or something like that. That's what he said. I, I thought that was wonderful. So, yeah, I want my I want our borders protected. I want America to be its own nation. I don't want it to be part of a, a global network, if you will. And he touched on that, and so I think that's good. Uh, so far, I've seen it with his cabinet. It's a very, very conservative cabinet. Uh, I know that the people here at CPAC, the conservatives, they seem to be taking to him readily. And we'll, we're, I am suspending a little bit of judgment to see how the trade and the, the taxes go. I don't want him to get into a trade war with people. I think that the free market is a better way to go uh, with his trade partners. But you know what? I'm going to wait and see, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see how he's going. So right now, what he's saying is sure wonderful. And so far, what he's been doing in ex- the ex- executive orders and the actions that he has been taking, they're all true blue, 100% American, and I like it so far. So, um, being here at CPAC, being the Conservative Political Action Conference, um, I've asked everyone this question. So, what does the word conservative mean to you? Conservative means we believe in the Constitution, we believe in traditional values, we believe in our country, and the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness under the natural law. That's what conservative is, conservatives mean to me. Conservatives. All right. Well, Susan Swift, a fellow political chick, I, you know, so we're both are here covering the event, but also your book. I got to ask you a question though. Oh, go. Cool. Have you told anybody what you think conservatism means to you? It's your turn now, Brian. Well, I, <laughs> no one's asked me the question. Well, no, I just did. <laughs> well, for, for me, I, I kind of go back to the word conservative in itself as far as the definition. So, conserve. So, let's go to the def. Uh, I guess break it down. Conserve. So, you want to conserve what? So I would say, conserve the principles that has founded this nation. So I, I go as far as deep into the word when I when I think about conservatism, and so because some people maybe maybe not see it that way, they kind of just have um, you know like cliche lines and whatnot. But I just see like okay, I want to conserve something, and what I want to conserve is what has made this country great, <laughs> now, being the enumerated powers in the Constitution. Those are things I want to conserve. Therefore, I am a conservative. <laughs> there you go. You want to save the country just like I do. Yay! Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Susan Swift. Uh, Susan Swift, um, thank you. And, and your book, once again, is? It's called Good Guys with Guns at Home. It's available on Amazon and also through my website, which is susanswift.net. And they can go through susanswift.net and they can con- connect to all of the articles at politichicks.com that I've written. And they can also find the book there for sale. Hey, and given that we're both with politichicks, we both want to say hello to Anne-Marie Morell. Hey, Anne-Marie! <laughs> we love politichicks! <laughs> all right, thank you for your time. And thanks to Susan Swift for um for her time and um yeah um that was a question I asked most people uh, I think I asked almost everyone about uh, what does the word conservative mean to you and uh, she asked <laughs> and flipped it back to me and for me I do go back to to the word conservative as far as wanting to conserve something and so to conserve I would say to conserve I mentioned in just in that interview about the enumerated powers in the Constitution. Just want to conserve the 
the best parts that has founded this country. Um, I mean, obviously there have been some some things where there were uh, very, you know, horrible misdeeds that has happened. But those are not the things that you want to conserve. I'm talking about the things as far as as simple as like the enumerated powers in the Constitution. I go back to those and that and by just sticking to those that makes government very limited across the board. So that's that's my kind of simple definition of conservatism. And as you hear more more interviews, you have you hear from other perspectives from uh, from various people as, as far as what it means to them. So I'm um, going. Let's keep keep it moving. Um, uh, get to um, Scott and Nell Hughes, who was uh, who was the original political chick. And here's my interview with her. Hello, it's politichicks.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe. I am with the Scotty Nell Hughes. An original politichick. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a politichick. I'm in the original ones. I was, I was the last one kicked out of the nest. I was just about to get to that. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, okay, well, also, I know I'm going to let you tell it. What is your? There you go. I've got a lot of titles, a lot of a lot of hats. Like most readers of Politichicks, uh, their moms, their wives, their dads, they're all sorts of read it. But I guess I, officially where my paycheck is is uh, Ride Alerts editor, the political editor for Ride Alerts. But uh, basically, I'm an American. I'm a patriot, and I believe that it is the patriots of this country that stayed engaged and got Donald Trump elected. Not necessarily the strategists that we see a lot of here at the CPACs every year. Well, speaking of Donald Trump, he did speak at, um, well, a couple of hours ago, and so what do you think of the speech? The speech was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was definitely a going over of everything he has done in his first 30 days. And the best line of the speech was, I'm just fulfilling my promise. And the people who have been in meltdown over the last 30 days over what he has or has not done, it's not a shock. Everything he's done is exactly what he proposed. And I think they need to get a, you know, they, there should be no, it's easy to predict what is going to be coming next with this administration. He's going to continue to tick down the things he said on the campaign trail. And I guess those poor liberals on the left, they're just not used to politicians uh, fulfilling their word. <laughs> well, I, well, and that's, yeah, I would agree. I, I'm not going to get too much more into in that. But um, I know this is not your first CPAC, so um, how many have you been to? This is my sixth one with my very first one actually being uh, still my favorite one because it was, it was my Andrew Breitbart year. And I was just telling the story about it. I remember he was so excited because we had protesters outside. We had a lot of protesters outside. Um, oddly enough, more than we have here, which is crazy. Um, but he was like a, a schoolgirl on the first day of school, just so excited to go out there and confront them and actually expose the lack of knowledge that these protesters then, six years ago, have and we're finding out today don't have. That they actually don't have any depth to their protest, which is different from what we dealt with in 2008. And uh, he even then went on to say we need to have our dog whistle and we need to retweet the eight and call out the liberals on their hate. And that is why we have today, I think, the culture crisis that we're having. It's because finally, we are calling out the hate of the other side and not letting them get away with this double standard hypocrisy of say, do what I say, not what I do. And more importantly, that just because you're a conservative, uh, you need to stay in your little box and you don't have First Amendment rights. Yeah, and um, so the atmosphere from this year to last year, it has been it's, it's different because last year I guess people were more cautiously optimistic about uh, the upcoming election and now this year now that have someone in the White House that that is with our values 
it's a lot more celebratory mood. So, I mean, I mean, last well, year, last year was um, definitely it was. It was guys said it was like going through a minefield in stilettos, um, and I can say that with politics because I love the shoe. Uh, the uh, it was because you had we were still fighting. In fact, I'm fighting half the people that was in the White House. We were fighting each other still. We were very much a divided party, and uh, they were. We were now starting to get into the really the uh, the the very angry phase of the of the primary season going into Kansas, and so I'm very happy this year to see that we're at least all on board and we're seeing the success rate with it which is exactly why those of us that were with the Trump team from the very beginning uh, that's how we feel vindication and success is by seeing uh, these promises uh, for then and conservatives realize that he really was the best choice then for the primaries yep and so given that we are here at CPAC which is the conservative political action conference now I've been asking everyone so what does the word conservative mean to you that's an interesting because I remember you know conservative was the C word it was a curse word back in 2000 no politician um, wanted to be conservative. That was a bad word, and now here we are in 2016, and it's like people who are not conservatives are claiming they're conservative. But the, the key about conservative conservatives is, it is, I think, it comes down to, to self responsibility, putting the burden more on your own back, putting the the burden um, for taking care of yourself on your, uh, giving that responsibility to you and your actions rather than the federal government. Okay. And also, I'm pretty sure people can find more about conservatism in your book as well. I know, Roar. It's, it's, it's like, it, and that was the great, that was my motivation for the last two years, how I went through what I did. Because the last line of that book was, I will do everything in my power to make sure that Hillary Clinton is not in the Oval Office. That was literally the last line. And so every time it was got difficult or it's definitely um, pressure, uh, it was always, I, I promised my readers that. But Roar still definitely is in, in purpose because we still have to fight. The fight is actually just beginning if you haven't noticed with the liberal left. that is, And we need to tell them that you can crochet as many little knitted hats as you want but that does not mean that you're fighting for the rights of American women or Americans at all. Yes, I will say one of my favorite quotes is uh, well, I said eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. Now, people have said that in different ways and some have attributed to Thomas Jefferson, but or whoever it is, that's one of my favorite quotes. So. I absolutely love that one. One of my other ones is you can always tell the quality of a person by the character of their enemies. And if you look at right now the character of our enemies as conservatives, we, we're, on the, we're on the right side. Hello, this is Politichist.com. I'm Brian Bledsoe, and I am with Dr. Kelly Ward, who is running for U.S. Senate. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. It's always good to see you in person, not just on social media. I love it. Or in Arizona. I love to see you in Arizona, but it's good to see you at CPAC. And full disclosure, I, I am a volunteer that tried to help out with the campaign as much as possible, given I am in Texas, but I do try to come out to Arizona to help out. Yeah, so. I love it. I love it. You know, it's, it takes people who are um, politically minded and 
willing to sacrifice if we really want to change Washington and drain the swamp. Okay, so I said that you are running for U.S. Senate, but I want you to give the full details as far as who you're running against and everything that goes with it. All right, yes, I am running for U.S. Senate in 2018. I will be challenging Senator Jeff Flake, who is arguably one of the biggest members of the swamp in D.C. He's been there for almost 18 years, ran on a term limit pledge, actually, and then pulled that back and has stayed in Washington because apparently the swamp is pretty pretty uh, nice and comfortable. He's um, He's been terrible on many things. He ran as a social and a fiscal conservative, but he's done things like fund Planned Parenthood, support Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court, uh, voted for TPP, voted for bailouts of, of Puerto Rico, wants to re- well, voted to reinstate the, the XM Bank. The list goes on and on and on. He definitely hasn't, must not have read the Republican Party platform. Uh, 2016, I'm really proud of that platform because it's very, very conservative. It's one of the most conservative we've had in years. And I think that we should be holding our elected officials' feet to the fire. We have to, we have to police our own within the Republican Party. And unfortunately, it's time for Jeff Flake to go and for a new, fresh, bold voice to go to Washington, D.C. to represent the people of Arizona. And uh, even though people around the country cannot vote for me, I can vote for them. I, I can't wait to get there and serve the people. And I know this is not your first CPAC. So how many have you been to? Uh, you know, I've been to the last four uh, in a row, and it's been been great. It's it's amazing to be surrounded by conservative activists of all ages, all colors, all all shapes, all sizes, um, all here for one reason, and that's to make our country great. Yeah, and um, so given that you've been to the past four, the atmosphere here is uh, quite different than it was from just um, well last year. So how would you describe it this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, last year was a presidential election year. So, uh, of course, there was a lot of hubbub, and there were candidates, all different candidates, and people weren't united. The conservatives weren't united because everybody had their own little faction, whether it was the Ted Cruz people or the Marco Rubio people or the Donald Trump people. I guess uh, John Kasich might have had some people. I don't know. Uh, Ben Carson was here, and he made his announcement at CPAC last year that he was getting out of the race. He was stepping out of the way. And so um, the unity that, that we feel this year is not the same as it was, you know, last year was a little more contentious because there were different Republican factions, conservative factions trying to get their guy to the top. So, um, going back to your Senate race, so... What are you? What are you trying? Are you trying to, um, I guess, build as far as your campaign going? So how is it going right now? You know, it's it's been phenomenal. That we, we had a lot of momentum. I you know challenging John McCain was a big big um, endeavor uh, or ordeal. I don't know. It was it and uh, we learned a lot and we grew a big team across Arizona and across the country. People who were supportive in Texas. In Texas, oh yes, Texas, <laughs> Texas for sure. Uh, and, and so. It was of changing Washington, D.C. And so now we're out, we're, we're running again. I'm running again in 2018. And things are looking great. Newsmax just had a uh, story out this week talking about a recent poll. I am up by seven points on Jeff Flake at this point. I expect to see that gap widen and widen and widen with him to continuing to decrease and I will continue to soar because people are tired of D.C. insiders, you know, GOP establishment type politicians who are only out for themselves and not out for us. Okay. So, now here's a question I've been asking everyone, uh, given that we're here at CPAC, the 
Conservative Political Action Conference. So I've asked everyone, uh, what does the word conservative mean to you? Uh, you know, to me it means small government, low taxes, personal responsibility, and following the Constitution. Uh, I think that if we embrace that, then then we as conservatives are going to have good government that are, is good for us right now and good for generations to come. Okay. So you have a thing coming up? I do, of course. I've got lots of things coming up. I would love well, other to than the Senate race. <laughs> yes, other than the Senate race. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of um, meeting people and fundraising. Really, this is the building year, building our team, making sure that people know who Dr. Kelly Ward is and what I stand for and what I want to actually do, not just talk about, but do for them in Washington, D.C., and raising money because, of course, it takes a lot to run a U.S. Senate can- campaign. It affects all of us across the nation. Uh, I have to travel all around the great state of Arizona. Arizona. The last time I was outspent nearly 10 to 1 by John McCain. It took him over $10 million to defeat me. And so, um, you know, I want to have the resources available when I need them so that we cross the finish line first in the primary and in the general. I, I see that that will happen. And your website is? KellyWard.com. Kelly with an I. K-E-L-L-I-W-A-R-D.com because I am a conservative champion for the people. Dr. Caleb. And thank you to Dr. Kelly Ward, and I will talk to you. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow. So it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.